Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. It's, it's really funny. We typically in the church world deem this as a, uh, like a throwaway Sunday. <laughs> really, it, it's a Sunday. It's awkwardly squished in between Christmas and New Year's. Like you don't really want to start something fresh or start like a whole new series or start a book study yet because there's going to be people who are out of town. Um, but I wanted to be very specific and intentional this morning. Uh, if you'll be with me, we're not going to, we're not going to take a long time. I realize uh, that, that, that there are many things that you could be doing this morning, but you're here. So I am going to honor our time, um, but I have something that hopefully um, will speak to us this morning. Uh, I'll be honest, 2020 is going to be a crazy year for my family. Uh, It's going to be a crazy year for those of you who are wanting to see this church launch. Uh, We have a lot of hopes and dreams in 2020, but I just want to pause because 2019 isn't finished yet. Um, And... I have a statement that I just want to uh, say over you. This past year changed you. This past year changed you. Um, Whether you want to agree with it or not, this past year changed you. Some of you moved. I moved. Uh, Some of you have have scored on 50 years at a job. Or others, uh, you're celebrating seven years of marriage. Or or your kids are are teenagers. Or whatever it may be, uh, there are things. Some of you got a a new job. You left your family. Or you're celebrating two years of marriage. Or your first year. This past year changed you. Uh, In whatever way it was, it changed you. And sometimes we can quickly allow days to go by without realizing the, the positive or negative shifts that a day has given to us. And then you tack on a year, and then we neglect all that God is wanting to teach us. Uh, we understand this in the, in the real world, that like wind and water changes things. That over time, uh, a water beating against rocks begins to mold the rocks. But we don't really realize that a year can change us. In fact, my brother was talking to me this week that this is actually the end of a decade. This decade has changed you. And sometimes we can start something new and be excited about something new, but forego all that has happened and how it has shifted, changed us, worked us. So I have a, uh, a passage for you this morning. Um, and if you've been with us, you'll realize that this is a, uh, an ongoing theme because there is a gradual process that God does in our life, in my life. And if I neglect it, then I start dismissing what he's doing in great ways. Um, and this is something that we talk about all the time at Glory Church. If you heard the word, you'll hear it again and again, the word process, 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 because I want to be a church that lives with people in their process. A lot of the time, we expect people to go from sinful to clean instantly, as if that is something that we even expect of ourselves, and yet we still struggle with anger and bitterness and keep it away and hidden. I want to be a church that does not put themselves pretty at the expense of hurting those who are not, because we are not either. So you'll hear over and over this word process, but I'm going to tell you God has done a process in your life this past year that sometimes we like to overlook. But I just want to sit in this morning because God is in the nitty-gritty small changes of our life just as much as he is 
in the magnificent, grand, big miracles. And a lot of you have some nitty-gritty small changes that he has made that we overlook way too quickly. So I have a passage, and if you've been with us for a while, you've seen this. Um, Actually, at our first ever startup party, I taught on this. Uh, This is uh, one of the reasons that Glory Church got his name, but I think it's very powerful to be able to go through it at the end of a year. This is a really small passage, but here it is. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. Okay, I want to keep this up. There are some amazing truths in here. I believe in a God that is not distant from us. In fact, if you were at our Christmas service, we talked about celebrating a God who came in close, near, who came into it, into the dirt, into the grime, and lived life with us. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Period. Freedom. And that is an amazing truth, but often we forget that you can experience freedom exterior, you know, those moments that feel freeing, you know, like a peaceful uh, sunrise or sunset, but all of that is exterior to you. But what our Lord provides us is this ongoing, consistent inside freedom. That's what I want to be a church that is known for, because a lot of people come into proximity with freedom and think that that is good enough but they're neglecting, they're forgoing, they're they're not realizing the freedom that is found where the Spirit of the Lord is when he redeems us. Now, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But I have a phrase for you, and I want you all to take note of your gut reaction to it. Sound good? I think it's very powerful when we, like, pause and ask ourselves why we're feeling what we're feeling. So I have a a statement for you, and I just want you to take note of how you're going to react to it. This past year, you experienced freedom. This past year, you experienced freedom. Some of you, you're like, yes. You, you remember all the times when God has courageously called you to do something, and you used to be in fear, and you've experienced freedom from your fears. Others of you, maybe you've overcome pieces of past addictions. Some of you, uh, you're, you're overcoming uh, past bitterness or mourning, and you're mourning in a new way, and there's freedom in that, that God has given you freedom. Some of you, you, you have marital freedom. Uh, that your marriage is in a very different place now and you've experienced freedom. Others of you, uh, maybe you paid off some of those credit card bills and there was freedom. <laughs> We've experienced freedom. But then there's others of you who you're like, no, I didn't. it's not freedom. Or you want to humor, humorously act like a, it's not there. Sometimes we, we dodge a question or dodge something hard by just laughing about it. Uh, but this past year, you experienced Freedom. I look at this passage and there's no degrees of freedom. It's not like uh, as we grow in Christ, we get more and more free. No, we are free. The word degree comes later. And so where the spirit of the Lord is, there's not a degree of freedom. There is freedom. And so some of you struggled a lot with some heartache. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you felt bondage. 
Maybe this past year uh, you got that diagnosis, or there was death, or maybe in this past year you had to sell a lot of things in order to pay off bills, and you don't feel like it was very freeing. But friend, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And sometimes we see the negative, the bad, and forsake the fact that God was present. And so somehow freedom was a part of it. Somehow freedom was a part of it. But the question is, did you see it? Did you remember it? Were you shaped by it? So every year, uh, we did it this year, we watch those iconic Christmas movies. Everyone do that, right? Uh, it's not the holidays without watching those, those specific movies. And Kate and I watched our all-time favorite one. It's probably the best movie, Christmas movie ever, hands down. You can't argue with me because you're wrong. Uh, this will be the best movie uh, forever. And it's The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Um, I don't care if you disagree, you're wrong. It's not Elf. It's not The Grinch. Uh, I will say that I love The Grinch, but it's Tim Allen's Santa Claus. So we watched it, as we always do, and there's a moment when he goes for the first time to the North Pole with his son and Judy, not the waitress Judy, um, the real elf Judy, uh, she says, he, he looks out, sees a polar bear directing traffic and says, I, I see it, but I don't believe it. And she, she says the most iconic, well, seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. And that is so true, and, and, and a whole year can go by and we don't realize that we see based on what our beliefs are. I'll put it to you this way, if you believe and struggle to believe in love, then you'll start seeing a lack of love in other people way easier. In fact, uh, one of the hardest things is uh, to show that my wife and I's relationship may be different than a friend of mine who, who has only experienced divorce or has only experienced betrayal. And so what happens because of what they believe is they start seeing a small argument or a small interaction and they will see it out of the belief. Does that make sense? We do this all the time. We end up seeing what we believe. Uh, what, what is deep down in us, that, that real core beliefs, whether they're good or bad, we start visibly seeing them out at, on display. And the same thing is that true. As we believe in the Lord, we start seeing him at work. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. But this passage, I love it. Second Corinthians, Paul adds a whole nother phrase onto Judy's little phrase. Because he says, and all of us with unveiled faces, we see the glory of the Lord. We, we have unveiled faces, so that means we believe. Some of you have believed in God. You said, you said shape me, change me, I need you, I need something more. Uh, I, I, I can't do this on my own, and so you believed. Then scripture says that we see the Lord. And at times... It feels like it's just a reflection. It's maybe dark. It's dim. It's hard to see at times. We, we, can't, we feel like we can't feel him at times. But look, we see the glory. We see the glory of the Lord and slowly are being transformed into that same image. See, Judy's little phrase was good, but there's another one. Yes, believing is seeing, but seeing is becoming. And this is where I want to sit at. A lot of you have saw some really hard things this year. And when we dismiss the work of the Lord, we sometimes are quick to become that which we saw. 
the bitterness or the fear or the pain or the neglect or the anger or the, uh, the, the closed doors all around us, the, the people who are not vulnerable all around us, we become slow to vulnerable ourselves. We become what we see so quickly. But the beautiful thing is that this past year, God has allowed you to see things. He allowed you to see things so that you would be shaped by them. He's allowed you to see things so that you'd be shaped. Another way to say this is that you become like what you behold. That's why we tell our kids, you know, watch what you're watching. Be careful what you're watching, what you look at. Be careful, little eyes, what you see, right? Because you become what you behold. Did you know that in 2019 you saw some things that has shaped, shifted you, shaped you? And until we realize that, praise God for the good things and, and be careful and prune away the bad, we can come into 2020 and not be ready for what is coming, not be aware of what God is doing. You see, too often we disregard and diminish works of glory. With unveiled faces, we see the glory of the Lord and we begin shaped by it. But as people, we are quick to disregarding and diminishing works of glory. I like to, uh, I just want to look at these words. I'm going to move over here. I sometimes like to visualize how I act based on how my kids act because often uh, you and I are just as terrible as little kids uh, when it comes to how we treat life and how we treat God. We disregard and diminish works of glory. So I want to look at those two highlighted words because my kids, they see and become all the time. But they disregard things. So my kids, I wrote this little list down. I have uh, twin-year-olds who are six, and then a three-year-old, and then Kent who just disregards everything because he's a baby. Uh, he doesn't really know what he's doing. But I, I was just thinking, I paused. My kids, the older ones, they disregard anything that is ordinary. I wonder if this past year, God showed something in your life. He helped you in a way that was ordinary and you've disregarded it and so you haven't seen it and so you haven't been shaped by it. My kids disregard anything that is ordinary. If it's not shiny, not, not pretty, if it doesn't make noise, then they just walk over it. I'm like, but I made this for you, right? Or, or this is a, a new toy, but it's not pretty or it's not shiny or it's not big, it's normal. And so they disre disregard it. My wife hates this. She gets bumped into all the time because it's normal for mom to be right there, right? And so they just don't even see them. They disregard her. I wonder how many normal things happened this past year that we've disregarded. Another one, my kids disregard what isn't theirs. Isn't theirs. My kids disregard what isn't theirs. Um, I'm really quick to asking God to do something in my life and then I disregard when he does something powerful in other people's, and I don't allow myself to be changed by it. As people with unveiled faces, we see the glory of the Lord, and sometimes it's not through our answered prayers. It's through the answered prayers of someone else, but yet we do not get shaped by it. This past year, God worked in your friends' lives, and he's just trying to show you that he's still there. But we haven't been shaped by it because it's not ours. And like my kids, they disregard what isn't theirs. And so 
they'll clean up what's theirs. And that's the worst thing. I didn't do it. I'm like, I know you didn't do it, but there's a toy on the ground and you need to pick it up. And all the parents in the room are like, yes. But it's not mine. I'm like, I don't care if it's yours. I pick up things that aren't mine all the time. And you just had this fight, but it's not theirs. And so they disregard it. I wonder how many times God has said, I put this here for you to be shaped by, changed by. And we've said, but it's not mine. It's not mine. And so all of us with unveiled faces, we see the glory of the Lord, but we diminish or disregard it. 2019, how many times did we do that? Another one is this. uh, My kids diminish anything that they cannot fathom. This word diminish. Like, say, hey, Jack and Trey, what's 2 plus 2? And they're like, 4. Hey, what's uh, 7 plus 20? And they're like, "Mm, I'm done. They can't fathom it. Or another one... uh, my kids are now reading, and so they can see the sight words, and they're like, oh, the word the, and then anything else, it just doesn't, they don't, what? It's like words aren't even there anymore. But if they see a sight word, they can fathom it, and so they see it. We ask for God to give us peace, but we forget that his peace is often unfathomable at times until we start leaning into it more. We ask God to just show us love or like throw us a bone, God, come on. And then we forget that God's love is unfathomable at times. It's not how we would do it. But we are people with unveiled faces who see the glory of the Lord, but we diminish it because we can't fathom it. Instead of just pausing and saying, God, I'm really struggling with confusion, but maybe it's because you're here. Maybe I'm confused because you're doing something greater than my mind can think. How are you wanting me to be shaped by it? But we let a whole year of confusion bog us down with bitterness, and then we leave behind so many of the things that God's wanting to teach us. And the last thing I I wrote down is, they diminish anything that is different than their expectations. They diminish, my kids diminish anything. My daughter is the worst. She makes expectations, much like I do. She makes expectations on everything. And if it's not as grandeur, which nothing can be, as, as she expected, then it's the worst. It's the worst. Uh, it, it, it's not good enough. I'll be honest. 2019 has a lot of those for me. I think my wife and I, when moving to a new city and to start and plan a church, we had expectations And sometimes when God's work is different than what we expect, we diminish it as not good or not him or not enough. And so we then begin to be shaped by the bitterness we feel instead of the glory of what he did. So, for instance, our first startup party, you were there. Uh, the reason, it was our first and last one. We ditched the word startup party because uh, apparently you're supposed to do that for a church plant. We didn't do it because the first one happened, and we, we invited all these people. We had a lot of people who said they were going to go. We forgot that the Chiefs were starting to play that Sunday. Um, it was the first game of the season. And so all these people were like, we're in. We're going to be there. And then we showed up had enough food for like 75, 80 people. You know, I remember we had a lot of food. And then there was like 30 that came. And it was awesome because 30 came. But not for me who had these expectations. And since my expectations were not met, the work of the Lord that night was diminished. And it took months for me to realize and remember what happened that night. Uh, Kate and I were talking and 
uh, some Facebook little trivia game. It was like, what spirit animal are you? And you click it, and it just, and then an elephant. And I was like, cool, I'm an elephant. And then I was like, hey, Kate, what are you? And then she did it, and then I did the whole notebook phrase, if you're an elephant, I'm an elephant, because she got one. She got the elephant. And then right when I, when I saw elephant, the story came out of my mind. There's a woman who came, and she hasn't come to anything else, who came to our first startup party. And she was just like, have you ever heard the story of Mrs. Dog and Mrs. Elephant? It was just, no. <laughs> and she was like, well, Mrs. Dog and Mrs. Elephant were having tea together. And I'm like, what are we talking about right now? <laughs> Mrs. Dog and Mrs. Elephant were having tea together. And Mrs. Dog was like, Miss Elephant, I'm pregnant. And Miss Elephant said, Mrs. Dog, I'm pregnant. And so they celebrated at tea. Well, a few months passed. And of course, the dog gave birth to a whole litter of puppies. And uh, a few months passed after that, and they met again. And Mrs. Dog was like, Miss Elephant, I'm pregnant again. And Mrs. Elephant was like, that's amazing. I'm still pregnant. And, and so they just went on, and another whole litter came of puppies. A few months passed again, and they had tea again. And Mrs. Dog said, Miss Elephant, I'm pregnant again. Can you believe it? And Miss Elephant said, that's nice. I'm pregnant too. And Mrs. Dog she looked at her and said, you know, I've had three litters now, and you haven't had one. Like, are you, are you, are you really pregnant? Uh, and then Miss Elephant looked at her and said, honey. And this was, I was just like, I don't know why you're telling me the story. And <laughs> this is going really weird. You've had three pregnancies where a little litter comes and everyone oohs and ahs and wants to hold your babies because they're pretty and cute. Mm -hmm. But honey, when I give birth, the ground will shake. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, she said, you're an elephant and planning a church is an elephant. Mm -hmm. It's not a puppy. Those are cute. They're going to make a little damage in the world. But an elephant, when it walks, the earth shakes. When it walks, people pause and look. People see something big is happening. And I didn't even think about it until we were playing this little stupid Facebook trivia that said I was an elephant, and then that Kate was an elephant, and then it just hit me, that story. Because I went a whole time diminishing the work and the glory of the Lord at that night because it wasn't what I expected. I wonder how many things were different than you expected this past year, and so you have not been shaped by it because you haven't paused and asked God with an unveiled face, I want to look back. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there are people, you ready for this? There are people that you're going to need to love in 2020 that are going to need the perspective, the shaping that you've had in 2019 in order to love them with genuineness. There are going to be actions that you're going to need to boldly take in 2020 that you need to be shaped by what has happened, what God has done in 2019, or else you're not going to do it. There are going to be hurdles that you're going to need to jump, but there's strength that you need to strengthen your legs for that come from being shaped by 2019. There are things obstacles that you'll need to face. There are literal things that God is going to call you to do here at Glory Church that the hard, struggling, painful things that have come from this past decade, if you allow God to shape you through them, you're going to be able to be strengthened courageously, 
go forth and doing it in 2020? Only if you just say, God, how have you shaped me? How are you wanting to shape me? And many of those things, those roles that you need to step into, they're going to be dependent on the transformation that has come or is supposed to come from this past year. So for many of us in this room, there are overlooked things, myself included, overlooked glories of God. But with unveiled faces, we see the glory of the Lord and we slowly become shaped like him from one degree of glory to the next. And this is what I love, because in 2020, we are going to have our first worship service on February 9th. And what we are going to be as a church is a place where people can come and open, the, the doors are open to them at whatever degree they are at. Whether they know God, whether they're far from him, whether they, they could care less about him but came because it's something to do or there's free coffee. And we are going to be a church that is committed to walking with them from one degree of glory to the next. Because God shapes us. But we cannot do that if we neglect the work that he's trying to do in ourselves as well. Or else you're always going to look at the dirty things in this world and be very angry that they're not getting clean quick. And God's like, friend, I need you to realize how you have been shaped slowly over time. And so we're going to have some things. Uh, we're going to, Colin, you can come up. We're going to have, Colin's going to play some music. Um, I'm going to have on this some questions. You have little notes. Uh, you, some of you who are more... Um, the written, you're more, you like to write things down, journal, you can pause in what you're doing. Others of you are verbal processors. I want to create a space, and some of you who this is your first Sunday, we don't do this kind of stuff all the time, I promise. But I wanted a time before we even engage in 2020 for you to just pause. We're going to have some questions up here. In fact, you want to go to those questions? The first one will be, in this past year, where have you seen God's glory? I just want you to pause and think about it. Then the next one will be, how were people around you changed? How were your coworkers changed by God's goodness? How were your, was your family changed? And the last one, how have you been changed? So Colin's going to be playing, and I, I'm going to pray, but I'm going to allow this room to be split up in different places, different ways. If you want to just sit where you're at and write, that's great. But others of you are more spoken and you have a friend or a, a boyfriend or a husband or wife that came in or a family or whatever that came in with you and you just want to talk it out. I think that you need to do this regardless. If you're married, do this together. Start making claims over your life. God has changed us in this way. Or else those unspoken things are not going to find themselves giving you the strength you need in 2020. Because you haven't paused and asked, God, how were you at work? So we're going to create a space. I'm going to pray. And then you, you can literally go. You can move your chairs to wherever you want to be. You can be there. Um, but I challenge you to do this. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.